Welcome to the Nick Spade Podcast. The Alec Burks of Podcasts, because you didn't even know you needed him at the beginning of this season. We are down one man. It's just two washed Nick's addicts at the park trying to run a couple of games, seeing the old glory days. D-Boy, what's good? Well, I guess we're not going to get any positivity tonight with Dougie first time, long time riding the pine. Hashtag Julius Randle, not that good. Not that good. We're bringing the zest. We're bringing it down. Even in victory times, we have that ability. It's our one skill. Sadness, me, Monty, final score, cut of pants, 102. Boot accessories, 98. Walt's suit was a master clash. Patterns prevailed as Burks, Barrett, and the Bockers banged out a battle with the Spurs. We're going to get into quick hits. Quick hits. Quick hits. A comeback win to the delight of the garden crowd. Let's crown some Knicks. The Kaiden Randall, who's your daddy most valuable player, goes to the oft-injured but often dynamic Alec Burks. After missing 11 of the last 13 games, he scored 30 points to lead all scorers, 16 of which came in the final period. The Penn Station Methadone Bronze Syringe goes to former Salem State Viking captain Tom Thibodeau on a night in which he played Randall 45 minutes, RJ 41, and Bullock 39 on the third to last game of the season. All of those players are averaging 40 plus minutes over their last four games. It's too much. The liquid plumber draining and painting Platinum Plunger goes to R.J. Barrett. His shit stank in the first half as he went two for seven, but he salvaged the game, making five threes and spearheading the Knicks' comeback from a 17-point deficit in the third quarter. Canadian bacon. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Tale of Two Cities' golden bookmark goes to Julius Randle. He was 5 for 16 entering the fourth quarter and did not make his first three until there were six minutes left. But he scored the bucket that put the Knicks ahead for good and came one rebound and one assist shy of another triple-double. M.I.P. M.I.P. And the sad stat of the game, Emmanuel quickly went 0 for 4 and did not score a point. This is the first time this has happened since March 31st. This day in Sad Nick's history, May 13th, 1984, Boston 121, New York 104, Game 7, Throwback Sadness. The Knicks were never in this one, and Boston would go on to win the title this year. New York needed 30-plus from Bernard King and ended up with only 24. Larry Joe Bird swooped in and clutched this series away from the Knicks, putting up a Birdsian 39-12-10 with three steals. What a legend! If you asked me before the season started, I'd be like, Knicks, get to the playoffs? This sorry bunch get to the playoffs? That's a huge success. But we're not in the beginning of the season anymore. And expectations have reset. If you can win 11 out of 12 games, you know, you should be able to take a best of seven from a team like the Hawks. It actually happened. The Knicks are in the playoffs for the first time in eight years. 
All year we have won on the back of incredible offensive output from Julius Randle, extraordinary strong bench play, and progression from R.J. Barrett. Tonight, we look at our three potential opponents in the first round, the Bucks, the Heat, and the Hawks. How do we stack up? Let's start with Julius Randle because whoever we face is going to throw the kitchen sink at him. It's seriously nut check time for Julius Randle. He's going to need to play 45 minutes, and he's going to have to go against some elite defense. I mean, Bucks, Giannis, P.J. Tucker, very, very difficult. You look at the Heat, too, out of Bayou? Like, these are serious defensive player of the year candidates that he has to go against. And don't forget what the Heat threw at the Bucks in the playoffs that stopped Giannis cold. Jimmy Butler can switch on to Randall and give him super headaches. The only team that he has an offensive advantage on is the Hawks. The Hawks, they have John Collins, Gallinari, DeAndre Hunter is a good defender, but he's young. He has a little bit of an advantage, but on the flip side of things, he's kind of gonna get the work when it comes to the defensive side of the ball. Like having to go against Giannis or John Collins or God forbid Adebayo or Butler when he gets switched out there, it's gonna be a negative. Randall's biggest weakness, the least talked about part of his game is his defense. We've seen increased effort this season, but effort is not gonna put stops down on these guys. And especially if we catch the Bucks. We are fucked because they match up with Randall so well on both sides of the ball. But let me switch gears a little bit and talk about the guy who really put the Knicks in position to win this game tonight and is the barometer of how the Knicks are going to fare in the playoffs. R.J. Barrett. R.J. is literally the only thing I care about as a Knicks fan. Win, lose, and draw. I only care about this man's development, and all of these early playoff reps in his career can only do him good. No matter who we play, his matchup is going to say a lot in how he does. If we match up with Chris Middleton or Jimmy Butler in this playoffs, man, R.J. has it out for him. But as you said... This is the kind of stuff that careers are made off of. And RJ and the way that he comes out of this playoff run, man, it says so much about where he's going. And he's been up to the challenge of guarding good wing players all year. I mean, we just saw him D up Kawhi a few games ago and look competent. So I'm happy with any type of good or bad from RJ there. What I'm... uh, Kind of excited to see an advantage for the Knicks, though, is from the bench. How do you feel about that? I mean, that's how we've won games all year. Look at tonight. Alec Burks, 30 points, 16 in the fourth. You know, Derek Rose, all of his 20-point games recently, and the energy that comes out of Emmanuel quickly and his potential to just go off in a split second. We have a better bench than any of the teams we're playing. And if we are going to take games in the series, it is going to come from those guys. And the exciting thing is you get to play at the garden and a bench is going to be uplifted by that. The only team that scares me a little bit, surprisingly, their bench is the Hawks. They With Lou Will, he's going to want to perform. They could actually match up decently. Everybody seems to think that the Knicks will just swoop in and beat the Hawks if they catch them. 
But honestly, if the Hawks shoot well in a series, I don't know if any of these teams can hang from a scoring perspective. They are deep. And if you look back just last year, the Bucks and the Heat both contenders to win it all. So that's not a great first round matchup for any team. No. All our hopes and prayers lay on the four surgeries on Derrick Rose's knees. Rose, light that, smoke that. It's time for Blunt Frank Hive, a symbol. I will die defending this young man with Viva La Revolution as my last words. Frank's now hitting his threes and continues to star in a performance art installation called La Resistance. Coming to a fringe fest near you. Why Tibbs won't use this beautiful guillotine is beyond my level of comprehension. His swagger is unmatched, styling, profiling, strolling into the arena like it's fashion week and his seat is next to Anna Wintour. His smile, a croissant so buttery you're wondering if God overdid it. I'm going to miss you so much, our French prince. And when you sign for the Spurs or another smart playoff team, I shall weep unpasteurized tears. We hope you all enjoyed your Knicks, babe. And always remember, This season is the biggest increase in winning percentage in franchise history. history.